With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. We have now added a new and revolutionary increase in destruction. Des and Troy. You see, when you put them together, they destroy. Company. Hang on. Y'all, welcome back in again. Daily Destroyer on the Dynasty Warzone Network. I'm your host, co-host Tyler at FF Tyler O. Joined as always by Lou at Lou Dog Sports. Lou, how's things going, man? Good, Emma. It's it's getting a little cold out here this week in Denver, but it's supposed to heat up for the game on Sunday. Um, we've had a few days where it's under 40 degrees this week, so not too excited about that. But, um, you know, it's it's fall. Fall's here. Fall's a good season, right? Yeah, absolutely, man. Let's, let's recap. Um, let's recap last week, week five. Both had success. Again, things have been hot lately. We absolutely love to see that. The cash has been absolutely flowing in for our cash game plays. So, if you've been listening, if you've been playing the plays, things have been good for you. You know, I, I played Daniel Jones, ended up getting hurt. That sucked, but at the same time, did not even matter because I was able to get Madison in there. I was able to get Henry in there. I was able to get Devontae Adams in there. And what really, uh, you know, put things over for me is I, I stuck to my guns, took my own advice, and played Kadarius Tony uh, at 4K, scored over 30 DK points, was really on him last week with the opportunity that was even coming his way. He really showed up. It was great to see. He also played Fournette, you know, Played Chenault, played Gusecki, weren't great, but I was able to make up for it with all those other great plays and Fournette, Adams, Tony, Madison, and Henry. How'd it go for you, man? It's good, yeah. I also played Tony. I did the Trey Lance uh, lineup. Uh, and, yeah, going down to Tony, it turned out to be very good. I won a couple of double-ups even. Got, got like, first in a couple of those. Um, so it was a pretty successful week. I think I was about, like, 98% um win rate on it and so it was a Same. good week and i'm um, hopefully get right back at it for this week that's the hope man i think things have been hot things have been absolutely hot for us i've been cashing four out of five weeks i think you've actually cashed five out of five so things are good but let's let's jump into it here man um quarterback positions starting through positions like we always do quarterback man i, I feel like we talk about players before we jump on the show always quarterbacks and running backs seem a little straightforward this week um you know for me it's going to be lamar jackson it's gonna be tough for me to keep him out of my lineups this week 7400 just such a good price we know the floor that he has he's been passing a hell of a lot more bateman's actually going to come back i don't expect there to be a huge change there but i'm, I'm a huge bateman guy so i'm excited to see it but 7400 is what really draws me to him and then you just look at the fact that he's playing against the um the Los Angeles Chargers, like they've been pretty decent, but like it's not a bad matchup. Like the matchup is is pretty even across the board, pretty average. So th- there's no concern from the Los Angeles Chargers defense side, at least in my opinion. So, you know, Lamar Jackson seems like the smash play. Your thoughts on Lamar? 
Yeah, we saw it last week with Lamar that he basically just you know, set records, dominated man. the score he set sheet records, in that Colts game. And one thing he's doing this year that seems like he's taking the next step as being a passer. And you know, last week he still had 60 rushing yards, but he was 37 for 43 and over 400 yards, four touchdowns. And um, so we saw it last week that he's got some of the best upside uh, in the league at quarterback. So for 7,400, it seems like he's at a little bit of a discount this week. Um, we've seen him at 8K in other weeks. This is actually the cheapest he's been all year. Mm-hmm. And he's just in a great range where on the other side of that Chargers game, Herbert is 7,300, but doesn't have the rushing upside. So yeah. um, Lamar just seems sucks. right. Yeah, I mean, week. it just seems right. And Lamar hasn't scored a rushing touchdown in three weeks, which is unlike him. So, and especially when looking at the running backs that he's dealing with, I mean, part of it is, yes, he's throwing more, but some of that rushing production is, is, is due to come around. I mean, a fun fact here is um, he's the first quarterback in NFL history to throw the ball over 40 times and have an 80% or above completion percentage. I mean, Drew Brees never even did that. So I'm not saying he's as good of a passer as Drew Brees, but it's just talking about how prolific that game was and talking about his, you know, ability to pass the football. You know, I think he, people label him as just a running back all the time, but the dude is a great passer. I mean, it doesn't always look great, but at the end of the day, remember he's throwing to Hollywood Brown as his number one wide receiver. It's it's just, it's special. We're witnessing some pretty awesome things here with Lamar and to see him at 7,400. Yeah, yeah, to see him at 7,400, it's it's a pretty pretty big smash for both of us, like just for the sake of having to talk about other players, even though I think you and I are pretty locked in Lamar and our, our lineups this week, at least in cash. A couple of the guys that, you know, I at least want to talk about, same game actually is going to be Taylor Henneke, Tyler Henneke, sorry, Taylor Henneke at 5,800 and Patrick McCombs at 8,300. Like Patrick Mahomes, like probably not paying him because Lamar is 900 uh, cheaper, but you know, Mahomes is in a game where the, you're looking at the Washington football team. They have been allowing the most points to quarterbacks, absolute smash matchup from Mahomes. And then you look at the chiefs, the chiefs are a pass first team. They're always trying to pass the football. They're passing in neutral game scripts. And then they just lost their lead back in CEH. So everything points the ways that the Chiefs should be absolutely slinging. But I think the price at 8300 reflects that. And then the other side of the ball, um, if it's not the Washington football team allowing the most points to quarterbacks, it's it's the Chiefs. The Chiefs have been absolutely awful uh, defending the pass. And Taylor Henneke has been pretty freaking solid. He didn't start the whole um, you know, week one, but three of the last four weeks, he's been a top 10 quarterback or at least a top 12 quarterback, uh, depending on your scoring that you have. So he's, he's actually been a pretty serviceable quarterback with a little bit more of a rushing floor than we expected. And at 5,800 in, in a pretty plus matchup where I expect the Washington football team to be passing the ball the whole time, he's at least pretty interesting to me if you're trying to save a little bit of cash at the position. Yeah, I like it. Uh, both those calls. And I think that's going to be a game that is going to be commonly stacked this week because they do have a lot of good options uh, for fantasy. It's possible that the Mahomes stack is a little underowned because of uh, just the way the Chiefs have been playing this year. Like they're they're under five hundred through five weeks, and I don't think that's something that people were really expecting out of this Chiefs team. And if if Tyreek is hurt and not able to play, then you know that could, might scare people off of Mahomes' upside. So I think when you talk about the the top priced player. Sometimes um, if there's any sort of questions like that, people will be scared off. But um, yeah, I mean, Heineke 
it's mostly a, a price play for me is mm-hmm. just the fact that he's under 6k and he's been under 6k all year but um we've seen it like he has a, a decent floor they like to throw the ball but um potentially if, if McLaurin were to to sit out this game I know he like has the Q tag but it's probably probably expecting him to play but yeah for um, sure you know, there there have been a bunch of injuries on that team as well. So I think that there's reasons that other people might get scared off of this game. So I'm going to keep watching it. But um, I do like the players, and uh, it's a type of game that could we could see be a shootout. Yeah, it's a good point, though, because Curtis Samuel, like, never really had him all, all season, but he's ruled out already. We know Logan Thomas is out. You know, it came out that Antonio Gibson is actually dealing with a stress fracture in his shin. That's why he's been limited. It's why he's been questionable. So they've been limiting him a bit in practice and in the games like that, you know, could lead us to JD McKissick, not really totally interested because running backs injury. Like I think there's some clear plays at running back, but I'm with you. So pretty clear here, Lamar Jackson. We also like, obviously this game with Mahomes and Heineke. Is there any other quarterbacks that you might be considering? I think cash is pretty locked up at this point, but some, maybe some stacks or some GPP plays that you have interest in. Yeah, not for cash, but uh, I do have a couple that I think are going to be interesting for GPPs. Uh, if Heineke is sort of chalky, then um, I kind of like Derek Carr. Um, he's no one's only playing 5, Raiders 600. this week. No one's yeah. playing Raiders this week. Yeah, of, I mean, the whole coming off shit. of the yeah, Gruden, yeah. Gruden news, like uh, people aren't going to really want to play the Raiders, but he's only fifty six hundred, and um, you know we've we've talked about it the last couple of years. I've been pretty high on uh, Derek Carr season long statistics. Um, and we have, we've been hammering. Up, we've been hammering. Up. The line was I, it was around like four thousand flat. It might have been like four thousand twenty-five or something this year. But he's basically beaten that up the last three years. Um, right now, through five weeks, he's on pace for fifty-four hundred yards passing, and that's just like it's not something we normally see with him. He's usually in the lower lower four Ks. Mm-hmm. But I mean, he's passing a lot more this year, and um more efficiently efficiently um last week was the first week he didn't have two passing touchdowns um and that was against the bears but you know i think for a low owned cheap way to to then pay up at other positions i kind of like car off of heineke chalk and then uh for 6700 you can do matt stafford in a game against the giants and I mean, we've seen it with Stafford throughout his whole career. He's a guy that um, doesn't necessarily do it with with his legs, but um, has the 300-yard bonus in him any given week um, in multiple touchdowns. He only has one game this season under 20 points for fantasy, and they're facing the Giants, who aren't the best defense. So I like Stafford and and stacking Stafford teams uh, Mm -hmm. for GPPs. Yeah, I just want to rewind it just a bit there and talk about cards. I, I do like the call. I think there's one side of it, as we mentioned, where people are just going to be low on the Raiders because of the, all the drama that's going around there, rightfully so. Um, but, like, you look at the Broncos' defense, and the Broncos' defense out the gate was absolutely elite, but they played the Giants, the Jaguars, and the Jets. It was pretty easy, and then they've been beaten pretty handily by the Ravens and then by the Steelers. I mean, Big Ben was able to throw up 250 yards and two touchdowns against them, right? And I think Car- at this point in time, Carr is a much better quarterback than Big Ben is, so. I do like the car call. Obviously, not a cash play, but I, I do think it, it's sneaky and it'll be super low owned in those GPPs. And you don't have to talk me into Stafford uh, at any point in time. So, quarterbacks, pool of three, Lou. Uh, I'm going to go with 
Lamar, Heineke, and Stafford. And Stafford over Mahomes. Like it. Um, to the running back position, it's been pretty crazy with the news and you know COVID and some injuries popping up. Some unexpected things that have really came through the woodworks to you know at least make my cash plays at running back a bit more clear. I'll start with those and then we can talk about them and then maybe talk about some of the guys we're also considering. But you know, Cream Hunt at this point in time, not only has Cream Hunt been absolutely crushing it, been scoring an unsustainable amount of touchdowns. Um, Chubb was just ruled out today with with a calf injury, and they're playing the Arizona Cardinals. And the Arizona Cardinals are, <laughs> if you look at their running back matchups, I mean, they, man, like, I'm sorry, they're basically like it's it's a really good matchup in the end of the day. Like, I'm taking a peek at this Cleveland Browns. The looking at and how many like there's, running, a lot like, of, there's a lot of plays that are probably going to happen in this game. Yeah, it wasn't the plays, but like the cards have been bad against the run, like legitimately bad against the run. The Browns have been the best team yeah. running the ball. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's like I was just had to pull my stats here. But I mean, the, the Arizona Cardinals are pretty much like the, one of the best matchups for running backs in the NFL. And then the Browns, like you mentioned, are one of the best like running teams in the NFL. So it just sets itself up well. Like Chubb was probably already going to be a smash play. And now it's a lot of it's going to be going to hunt. Like, there are some ancillary pieces that could fall in there. But at the end of the day, like, we've seen Hunt be elite. He's playing great right now. And he's going to be, like, the lead back in this game at 6,200. It, it is, like, an absolute no-brainer. It's kind of when you start your lineup, it's the first player you're going to probably put in there with maybe a couple others that we're talking about here. Daryl Henderson only at 6K. Um, I think some of his – if you look at some of his, like, snap percentages and usage last game, like, he was out getting checked for an injury. But he has been getting the usage that we want to see out of a top 12 back all season long. And I know you just talked about Stafford, but at the same time, like Daryl Henderson is a absolute workhorse at this point in time. He's looking good. He's looking spry. He's on a great offense. The matchup with the Giants is not that scary. And it's 6K for a, a pretty much workhorse running back, like lock me in. And then Khalil Herbert, 4,600, another one. Like he was split in time with Damian Williams. He actually took a lot more from Damian Williams last week than I expected. I mean, the guy yeah. had 18, he had 18, no, no targets, which we don't love to see. But he had 18 carries last week. Probably going to get a couple targets sprinkled in there this week. Wouldn't be shocked to see him see, see similar carries on the ground this week. And then of the day, it's like 4,600 for a 20-touch running back in a in a in a, in a uh, matchup that I wouldn't necessarily call um, tough by, by any means. That these three running backs, like you know, one, two, three, it's going to be tough for you to talk me out of putting these three or at least two of these into my lineup. Thoughts on these three, real quick, Luke? Yeah, and what you said about Henderson is kind of why I also like Stafford a little more this week. Where um, Henderson, I think, coming into today was expected to be one of, if not the chalkiest uh, running backs, but now with Hunt, I think Hunt people are going to put Hunt above Henderson. So of those three, I think um, Henderson might end up being the the least owned now uh, because of Hunt. But, you know, Herbert, it's it's kind of tough because he's 4,900. So the price is, he's is pretty nice for it. It's always oh, 46. Um, yeah, but I yeah, under 5K for a running back who we saw last week get 18 touches and you know, like you said, maybe he's not active in the passing game, but is that because Damian was there and now he might get two or three catches? So I think it's the type of thing where his price makes him 
pretty exciting to play because there's not a ton of value this week compared to other weeks. And when we're already interested in, in Lamar for a quarterback playing three running backs at 6,200 and below um, is, is definitely a way to save salary. So I really like that idea. Um, I think with Herbert, he might have like lower of a ceiling, um, but then the Kareem Hunt play is basically the same as Madison last week, except we're getting it two days in advance. So um, I could see Hunt being more owned than the Madison, but um, the Madison was last week. But I think with the two days in advance and you have other plays like Henderson, there's Swift, there's Mixon right around Hunt. Um, I think that could maybe spread out a little bit of the ownership versus last week, Madison just immediately became the best play in that 5k range. So it's similar to the Madison play of last week, but I think it's less of a, this is just a straight up free square. Cause I played Madison every lineup I made last week. So did I. I don't think I will do that with Kareem hunt. Um, but I think he's definitely the first guy in my cash team. Let's talk about three other running backs. Also cheap. All benefiting from some some injuries ahead of them. It's going to be Chuba Hubbard at 5,900. CMC is declared out. Um, Devontae Booker, 5,400. We have no Saquon Barkley. And then Daryl Williams at 4,900. There is no um, CEH. So I, I think people are going to be looking at these these three players as well. I expect ownership for these three to all you know be well over ten percent. I mean, probably over fifteen to be honest with you. So you know, I think the three guys we talked about first will probably be higher owned than these three. But I think there's going to be still a handful of people going to Chuba with no CMC, Devontae Booker with no Saquon, and Daryl Williams with no CEH. Thoughts on these three in terms of do you have a favorite of the three that you like, one that you absolutely don't, or just general thoughts to talk about is uh you know throwing yeah. them in your lineup. And all those guys are people that I think where I was considering before today when the injuries and the um, players being out came out, but I'd rather play Herbert than um, Darrell Williams. I'd rather play Henderson than Chuba. And I think it really was more like I'm playing hunt instead of Chuba now, but um, I think Chuba probably will end up being a decent play. Um, to pivot off those guys, but I still think I'd rather go find extra salary to go to Swift or Mixon if I if you're not playing Hunt or Henderson on one of those teams. But um, I don't really plan on playing them in cash because I think Hunt and Henderson I feel a lot safer about than Chuba. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's nothing like against Chuba as a player. Like we saw him hit 100 yards last week against the Philly defense, um, and it's just he's starting to come into more of like a CMC role he had, with the 29 touches last week. But we don't know if that was like a one game off thing or not. So um, I probably won't play much of Chuba, especially if I see him getting uh, high ownership expectations. Yep. yep. And then just to touch on Daryl Williams, he's a guy that I'm really not interested in whatsoever. Kind of, kind of, you know, I touched on it before, but it's like Washington football team defense has been a disappointment. They're still decent against the run, but they've been absolutely awful against the pass. Quarterbacks and wide receivers have been scoring points almost for free against them. So, and then you look at the the Chiefs, and they already want to throw the football, and they're already throwing the ball a lot in neutral game scripts. I mean, Ceh was already a shaky asset before this. 
So it doesn't really give me much confidence of the CEH role. And like the CEH role isn't a great role in itself. And I don't think Daryl Williams is any better. So, you know, this is a game where I think the Chiefs need to win and they're just going to throw that ball till they get this game, you know, well in the bag. So I have no interest yeah. in Daryl Williams and Booker. And then the day it's like, it was nice to see Booker get like when Saquon went out that he kind of had the same usage. Like there was no like major split, but at the same time, like we know who Booker is. Like he, he's not a, a transcendent back. He's, he, he's barely a good back. He's like a journeyman who is a decent backup. So it, it just doesn't excite me to put uh, him in my lineup at all. And then Chuba, yeah. if Chuba was, you know, the same price as these two guys, I, I think I might be able to get around to it, but he's been priced like CMC has been out for a while now. So, you know, I think these, like we said, these were, these were three decent plays before the news broke, but I, I am also uh, not with not 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 on them well, now. I have a couple of plays that I think I'd rather make than Darrell. Um, one piece of news that I'm going to be watching carefully is Damian Harris. Uh, he he practiced limited, but um, it's questionable. Left the game last week, and then Ramon J. Stevenson, who we know. He's he's been touted as a guy that could catch passes out of the backfield, and he had 11 carries last week, only for 23 yards. So it wasn't that great of a showing, which I think only helps the play because then people will be less wanting to go to that, even if he does open up. But for 4,500, I think he's a decent pivot off of um, if Herbert is chalky, and another cheap guy if we don't get. Um, the Stevenson option would be McKissick, another guy in, in that um, game that we've been talking about already. And I like McKissick. less options for Heineke to throw to with all the injuries. They're going to need to throw. They're you know, absolutely going to need to throw in this game. Cause I like to, when there's super chalky um, cash plays that are cheap like that, uh, it's less so with um, the running back position, because I think with wide receivers, like, there's so many different 3K wide receivers that could randomly go off in a given mm-hmm. week, whereas running backs is a lot slimmer chance that yep. one of these guys is going to outscore Herbert. But I think uh, the fact that we haven't really seen Herbert active in the passing game is where um, I'm pretty comfortable with pivoting to McKissick in lineups because I think McKissick, we've seen him get 12-plus points in a lot of games, and um and also he could some big outscore plays. Herbert. If Herbert yep. doesn't get a touchdown and say has like 18 carries for 85 yards, then I'd be like a lot happier having McKissick in that lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, because his likelihood of getting over eight points, I think, is probably high. Um, especially in this matchup where they could be trailing from the Chiefs. Is the Chiefs coming out hot because they need that win because they haven't been playing well and get out to the early lead? That's the type of game flow that that helps McKissick. I, I think I really want to talk about here next is is Joe Mixon. You mentioned him, but at the end of the day, like he, he's been a good running back, and when he's been healthy, like last week was kind of throw that away. Like he was hurt, he was hobbled. They they barely even used him, right? But you know, prior to that, like he was he was pretty much a, an absolute lock for sixteen to eighteen touches a game. He draws the Detroit Lions. The Lions' defense is absolutely terrible. They're in the top three in terms of allowing a running back. Uh, points to opponents it's it's just a super easy matchup and you know I, they they have good and they have good wide receivers but when Mixon's been healthy they have been relying on the run they've been running the ball a lot more we went into the season thinking the Bengals were going to be this fast-paced pass-friendly offense and that hasn't been the case when Mixon has been healthy they've really been feeding Mixon and 
trying to play that run game. Like that has been their goal going into the season. Zach Taylor's like, you know, we're going to, we're going to be a running football team for some reason. Like, I don't say this is what it's supposed to be or what I agree with, but it's just the facts is they've been running at a much higher rate than we expected. And now with mixing hat with healthy in a pretty plus matchup and an easy run defense, it makes me believe that like they're going to try to get mixing the ball 20 times on the ground in this game, especially if they get themselves a lead, which shouldn't be that tough. I mean, the Lions have been playing a little tougher um, against some opponents you know, with the Ravens and the Bengals as of recent, but at the same time, like, they're still not great. They've been losing a lot of players to injury. So, you know, mixing 20 touches on the ground, a really soft defense, like, there's a lot that gets me there. And then the fact that he is just 6,400 this week, um, it's intriguing to to go off of one of those first three guys we talked about to try to get Mixon in that lineup. Yeah, I definitely think Mixon's going to be interesting, especially with the Hunt chalk, and we've seen Mixon – injured already this season and so um can't beat the matchup uh he seems to be like he seems to be the guy around the uh in the red zone that they turn to a lot mm-hmm. and we've seen his what he can do in spike weeks he might be a little more limited uh coming back from injury like we saw him last week he only had 10 carries um but the floor is there and we know the matchup is probably the best uh, that they could have. So if he's going to not be very played because he's in that weird zone of, of prices that there's just so many other options that people are going to turn to first, then um, I like Mixon. Do you like Jonathan Taylor for a couple hundred more after last week? Yeah. I mean, like he got most of that on one play. It was like a 74 yard reception touchdown, but like for some reason, they don't want to use them a lot. Like maybe, maybe, maybe they're just the galaxy brain and everybody. And they're like, that's a 17 game season. We don't want to like roll them out there as a workhorse. And we want to just kind of rest them a bit, but like the game was on the line and they're putting like Marlon Mack in there and giving him like legitimate touches. So like I have concern with the usage and if he doesn't get one of those big spike plays or doesn't find the end zone, like he's just not getting enough touches to where like I have a lot of confidence in him. He's one of those players to me that that seems like a bit more of a GPP play just because we know he can absolutely pop. But I mean, like, you know, looking at his, you know, last couple of games, it's like 15 carries, 16 carries, 10 carries, 15 carries. Like, that's good, but like, that's not a workhorse. And then the receptions are a little concerning. Like, he's only had eight receptions in the last four games. You know, like that, that's in the two receptions a game. Like the floor is not there. Like they're using Hines. They're using Marlon Mack. Like they're all cutting into Jonathan Taylor's time. Like I get that he is a, um, I don't know what to call him a generational back, but he's a very elite back. But the, the usage is a concern, especially if this game turns into like an absolute just slaughter fest and they go up. Like why are they, like if they're already reluctant to give Taylor a, a large workload, if they're up by three scores or two scores, like why are they, I just don't see a world where they keep feeding him the football. Yeah, so you think he's basically game flow dependent at this point? I, I think that like you're you're if you're gonna play him, you're you're hoping for a really big play. That that's yeah. basically where I'm at because it's it's and he, and he's more than capable. Like he's a very yeah. talented back and he could do it. But it's a good I matchup mean, in in those in those in those you know in those games where he he didn't score a touchdown. You know he scored eight DK points and six DK points. You know like it like that is a bit of a concern for me. I mean. You know, he did have a 17-point week in week one without a touchdown with 17 carries and six targets. But, like, those six targets seem like a mirage at this point. I mean, those, those six receptions seem like a mirage at this point because after those six receptions, he's gone one catch, one catch, three catch, three catch. So, 
I don't know. I, I think the floor is a bit more scary than it seems. And I, for a cash play, I'm just not there. Yeah. I Early in the week, I was thinking about it for cash, but all these other things have popped up, which I just feel more comfortable with and are cheaper. Um, any other running backs you'd like to talk about for your pool before we shift to wide receiver where it gets interesting? Nope. I'm good. <laughs> pool of, I'm going to go pool of four running backs. Yeah, I'll do the obvious ones of Kareem, uh, Henderson, Herbert, <laughs> but then um, who's the I think fourth? I'll go with I think I'll go with DeAndre Swift, but I I would mention that the one that I like to pay up most on would be Austin Eckler this week, seventy nine hundred. I think that price is probably going to scare a lot of people away, but um, I mean he just keeps doing it. He each week he's got back to back week of, of 30 plus um, every game this season. Austin Eckler has scored more fantasy points on DK than the previous week. He had 33.9 last week. So if the that trend continues, continues, the trend 35, continues. <laughs> yeah. All right. Wide receiver position. Um, you know, I feel like there, there's no Henry on the slate. Don't have to talk about it. It's Devonte Adams, nine K are we squeezing him in? Probably won't. I mean, 9K is still a lot, and he's coming off of a 40-point game uh, where he was mega chalk. It's a decent matchup, and it's it's not like we're paying up at running back this week, so I could see it. Um, but I think there's other spots that I, I'd rather pay up for this week. Um, you know, Tyreek Hill kind of beat up. Mike Williams is the third um wide receiver on the list this week, which is kind of crazy. Um, And so in that sense, like Adams probably has the highest ceiling this week for a wide receiver uh, compared to, or I should say the gap in his ceiling is, Mm -hmm. is wider this week than, than normal weeks. But um, I don't think I'll end up playing him much. Like maybe if I'm doing um, a game stack of some sort, because I think, uh, I think I'd play him in a lineup that I also have, say, like Mooney in, who's only forty three hundred. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so probably correlate the the lineup, but not like as a one off or in cash. I don't think I'll go there. Cooper Cup, another guy. I mean, he's been absolutely on fire. He's came back down to earth the last two weeks, but he's seen at least ten targets in every single game this week. We've talked about Stafford already. Cooper Cup seventy nine hundred. Um, you know, it's, it's still, it's not the most he's been, but he was 7,900 last week. He's 7,900 this week. Thoughts on getting cup in there. Yeah. Cup, I think has just been putting up stats pretty much every week, uh, that he goes out there and, and he's Stafford's favorite target. He has at least 10 targets in every game this year. And it just seems like he has this massive floor, like at least five catches, for he's not gonna, yards the thing is he's not gonna he's just not gonna kill you he's just not gonna kill you yeah it's it's hard for him to really fail and and when he does boom um and and hit the end zone like it ends up hitting his ceiling pretty quickly and for 7900 um i would more i feel better about playing him than mike williams i'd say um at least this week and i think because of his his price 7900 and it's a little expensive to play him and Stafford together this week. Um, that's why I think they're one of my favorite stacks and it's off of the Henderson chalk. So um, I really like cup in general. Um, I'm not sure if I'll do it in cash. I think I might be 
this might be where I'm saving the money more so is at wide receiver. Um, so I'm just less interested in paying up the wide receiver overall, but in tournaments, I really like the play. And talking about guys with say floors, um, a bit of a surprise. If I were to tell you it's week six and Mike Williams is 8,100 and Keenan Allen is 64, I would have said you're absolutely fucking crazy. Um, but it, it is the reality. But Mike Williams, he was limited today. Today's Friday. So, like, th- there's a chance he misses. And if he, he does miss for some reason, if, even if he doesn't, I think there is some interest at Keenan Allen at 6,400. There could be a lot of points scored in this game. We already said we like the Lamar side. Obviously, we expect some points from the Ravens. The Chargers have been absolutely rolling on offense for 6,400. Excuse me, for a guy that has he's had at least eight targets in every single game, he only has one touchdown on the year. I mean, we, we know he's not been a deep ball, a lot of yards guy, but at the same time, like, could easily see nine, ten targets in this game. 6,400, I have interest, but then if Mike Williams out, I, I think he's practically a lock for that lineup. Thoughts on Keenan Allen? Yeah, I definitely think if Keenan Allen is, uh, well, if Mike Williams is a play, then that really boosts Keenan Allen, and I'm going to have to sort of make a decision, even in cash, where that price tag on Keenan Allen, if he is the the alpha on that um, offense, but that'll also make me want to play Eckler a lot more too. Um, yeah, Keenan Allen, like like as himself, is a fine play, like he likely won't hurt you at that price. Um, but we haven't really seen the ceiling games out of him this year. Uh, he's, he's more so been a route runner in his career and it's a volume type role that he has. And he's very good at it. A lot of, uh, defenders say that he has some of the best route running ability in the league. So, um, I think from like a floor standpoint, like he's pretty safe, uh, his downside risk is low. And if Mike Williams is out, then all of a sudden, like, wouldn't it surprise me if he's getting 15 plus targets in this game and, uh, the way the Ravens have been playing recently, this game could easily get out of hand. I'll turn over to you now, Lou. Uh, there's a lot of wider series. I feel like we could talk about another dozen here and, and yeah. have some interest here, but wide receiver we haven't talked about, give me one or two that you're, you're feeling really good at this point in time on Friday of getting in your lineup. Yeah, so I really like the mid range. Um, five Ks, five Ks, five to six K. Yeah, so you know Keenan Allen six four hundred might and might be the highest I would go in cash this week, and it's not anything against like the other guys in that range. Like Ceedee Lamb is is seems to always be fine. Chase at sixty seven hundred, I don't think is bad, but for fourteen hundred less, you could play T yeah. Higgins. Yeah, um, in he has the same matchup. He came back and I still think that Higgins is above Boyd, at least from Burroughs pecking order. Um, and so I think why not just play Higgins for 1400 less? Uh, Terry McLaurin 7,100 isn't a terrible play. Like I, I think he's a pretty good play, especially if, if you already like Heineke, he's a great way to pair that. Um, but yeah, I like, I like the 5k range and the main guys I'm looking at are Brandon Cook's, Michael Pittman and Higgins. Um, I Tony just got priced up so much. He he got and Sterling Shepard's back, man. And Sterling and, Shepard's back too, right. man. And so that that was really what put me over the edge and played Tony last week. Part of it was I couldn't find the eight hundred more to get to um, the like Waddle Waddle Chanel. We're both at forty eight hundred. Um, good thing. It was a good thing. <laughs> I, well, I think I played 
I played Chenault. Did I play Waddle? Either way, I either way. I played one of the two um, anyway, but I was going to play both. And I couldn't get up enough to play Thankfully. both. Thankfully. Um, and then we had the, the injury news, so Waddle turned out to be a, a great-looking play. But I think Tony this week, I mean, people talk about him throwing the punch, but I don't, I don't think much about that. Um, I think of it as an opportunity thing, and it seemed like his opportunity, he took it last week, and he'll probably probably carved out a role for him in this offense. But I think with Sterling Shepard back specifically, um, Shepard had been like the guy for Daniel Jones. It seemed like he was sort of the, um, the fallback plan for him in a lot of games in the past. And so now with Shepard back, I think it's different than if say Galladay was back. Um, Shepard and Tony kind of play similar roles in the offense. So mm-hmm. um, would you play Shepard? Shepard's only 5k and I, I, I've, I've seen him popping in some like in the projections. <sighs> It's tough. I've I've thought about him. I think that he's going to be like in this pool of, of lar- a larger pool of players that I'll consider. You know, but coming off a hamstring injury, it's it's just something. And, and I just I there's something about me, regardless of what happens, that I just can't trust Daniel Jones. It's, it's nothing to do with the concussion. I just don't think he's that because you he played him last week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I mean, before that, I didn't either. It was, it was a leap of faith. But um, yeah, I, I'm I'm not there. Um, no, I mean, like well, Sterling Shepard is the reason I ask is because I want to bring someone back in my Stafford stack. And I think I prefer Shepard. I don't really want to go to like Evan Ingram again. He doesn't seem like he has any no, sort of very, ceiling. No, there's no ceiling. Um, but I don't know. I, I guess I just wanted to see like if, if you had thoughts on Shepard because I'm kind of playing around with lineups that have that, you know, Stafford cup with attacking um, that game with Shepard coming back. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think, I think if, if you're looking for that game stack, that Sterling Shepard should be in play. I think I'd like him over Tony at this point. He was a preferred target the entire time until he went down with a hamstring injury. So 5K, I do like it. I think it's it's a good play. I'm not sure I'm going there just because there's other players in that range I like more. And I just wanted to to add on a bit to your your Brandon Cooks love here. I mean, he came out the gates hot, three straight games, just absolutely like freaking killing it. You know, had a bit of a down game against Buffalo, one of the best defenses in the NFL. Only had about 10 DK points, but the Bills have been absolutely on fire. And then, again, disappointment back-to-back weeks against New England. But if, if, if you watch the game, pay attention to the game. Um, the Pats do what, what the Pats do, and they take a single player out of a game. And the Pats went into that game, and they're like, we're going to take Brandon Cooks out. Smart idea, because he's literally their only like good offensive player. So, like, he was the victim of Belichick being like, he's out of the game. But at the same time, like, I expect a huge week, um, a bounce back week from Brandon Cooks. The, the Colts secondary has been awful all year. They're 30th DVOA, you know, making making them the third worst defense in the NFL, 20th in yards allowed per pass. Like, Davis Mills, still not, like, bought into him. But, like, watching him last week, I'm like, he could be serviceable in some ways. Like, he, he played decent enough, like – Again, not not even thinking about playing him. Not interested at all. But like, like after like before before he played the Patriots, I thought Davis Mills was like, "This guy's cooked. He has no shot ever being in the NFL. Like, this is it. Like, I can't believe they're playing him." And then he was kind of like, "All right, maybe there's something to Davis Mills." So you know, with a little more confidence in Davis Mills, a, a cake matchup. You know, I don't think the Colts' defense can necessarily be like, "We're just going to take Cooks out of this game." You know, I, I definitely like getting Cooks in there at 5,800 for a solid bounce back week, and you know for him to um you know double his his dk salary or even triple it i think is something that i feel pretty safe about for my cash lineups yeah i think he's one of those guys that seems like he's 
just underpriced for being a number one on the team. And that's because he's just on a bad team. But I mean, I've had this discussion with you for years where these are the types of guys I love to target in like long season long because mm-hmm. people kind of forget about them. They're like, Oh, they're on a bad team, you know, whatever. But what does a bad team do? Throw the ball. They have to throw the ball a lot. And if you have an alpha, like Brandon cooks has been an alpha on other teams. Like he's, he had a year lot of success after on the Rams and the yeah. Patriots, like yeah. big teams. And, and the Saints, man, like things um, like he's been good. He's not a bad player. Yeah. And so 5,800 for a guy who he's even putting up the stats too to back it up this season. So um, I really like, like Cooks um, and, this and week then, and probably going to play him in cash. And then talk about mispr- mispriced number one wide receivers, man. Michael Pittman, 5,500. Give me some more details here. Oh man, I like him a lot. I um, so I'm not sure if you play underdog at all, but I was smashing all all Pittman overs. Yeah, I do. It was I, like I have four and a half. I think it was four. I think I got four and a half uh, receptions. Um, it might have been five and a half. But I think it was four and a half, and it was like fifty three yards. And I mean, he's just. It's been Michael Pittman's team, and the thing you brought up to me earlier in the week is like, Oh, T Y Hilton's coming back this week. Like, what's that mean? I, I don't think it, it matters. I think if Pittman played Sunday, not in, not in prime time, basically, um, I think he would have been priced higher. I think this is something that DraftKings does is when they release the prices early and someone has a big game, you have, it's, it's kind of like an arbitrage uh, opportunity in a sense where he's just, Priced lower because he's priced off of the first four weeks and not the fifth week. And, and all he did um, was score his first touchdown. That's I mean, you know what I'm saying like the the like it's not like his, it, there weren't it wasn't a, a you know two twenty twenty one season most yards like it wasn't the most targets it wasn't the most catches he just finally scored a touchdown. Yeah, and I think when when you look at some of the the big name players on the slate, like I mean, I mentioned it before. Tyreek Hill and, and Mike Williams are two of the most expensive guys, and they're both potentially hurt. A lot of the running backs are hurt, and um, there's just not a lot of guys who you feel comfortable with who are priced higher, I guess, is, is how I would word it. Mm-hmm. Um, but all these guys in the mid-range seem to have similar, at least, floors, and Michael Pittman, just he's having a great season so far, in my opinion, and um, – the last four weeks, he has at least six catches in each of those games. And we've seen, like you said, that this is the first time he had a touchdown, but he had over 20 points without a touchdown a few weeks ago. So um, I really like Pittman. And I think this is one of those games that um, I'll have a lot of. And it's, I mean, they're, they're two one and four teams, but um, I like attacking games like that where there's teams that don't seem to be great on defense. And all of a sudden it's, you know, one of those both teams score over 30 points in this game. And, and I think that, um, I'll probably target this game with guys like Pittman and, and Cooks in the same lineup and, and hope for one of those uh, spike weeks. Any, you know, not necessarily punt plays, but if we're, we're going to scroll down this list and maybe find some cheaper wide receivers. You know, there's two guys that pop for me. I think one of them is a bit more obvious than the other. Um, Tyreek Hill is looking like legitimately questionable for Sunday. I think a lot of people will be on Hardman. I'm, I'm team never Hardman. That's, that's always kind of been where I'm at with things. But if Tyreek misses, I feel like there's going to be a lot of people going there to him. I mean, he saw 12 targets last week. Like he saw his A drop, A dot drop substantially, but that's because he's getting more targets. But 
I mean, it was still 12 for uh, 12 targets for nine receptions and 76 yards. I mean, that, that's 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 kind of like what Waddle did like not too long ago, and it's it's not necessarily inspiring. Um, and then another person I think it, no one's really talking about is Amon Ross St. Brown, 4,200. Um, I think the big thing is he's seen eight targets in back-to-back weeks. Um, you know, seen 13 DK points, like not necessarily sexy, just kind of 2X in his salary. But what, what drives me to uh, Amon Ross St. Brown this week is he'd only been getting playtime in three wide receiver sets. Like he was not playing in two wide receiver sets up until last week. Quinton Cephas broke his collarbone. Quinton Cephas was playing in those two wide receiver sets. And Cephas is now on IR. So, you know, it leads me to believe that we're going to be seeing a lot more Antonio St. Brown. The snaps are going to go up. The route runs are going to go, the route runs are going to go up. Like possibility some of those targets go up. We know that Goff has been throwing a lot of like he's not great, but it, there's been a lot of throwing to the football because the Lions have no other choice in a lot of ways. So it's yeah, just, like the Texans, yeah, yeah. It's just like the in the end of the day, it's like you know eight targets seems pretty safe. I think there's a world where he finds ten targets, like probably not for a ton of yards, like wouldn't guarantee a touchdown. But you know if you're looking for a cheaper wide receiver, I think a lot of people might be going Michael Hardman's way, and I, I might lean Amon Ross St. Brown over Michael Hardman this week. Yeah, I think that's going to be like a sharp move because especially if uh, ends up not playing that um, people are going to talk up Hardman a lot and it's going to be, Oh, you could play Mahomes, Hardman, Kelsey stacks um, and just easily bring it back with McLaren or you go double tight end or something like that. Um, But I like the Amra St. Brown. Uh, He was pretty touted for waivers this week. Um, so I don't know, he might get some, some ownership just because of that, where it's not as much of a surprise anymore. Cause he's had a couple weeks in a row with it now. Um, but I think when you, when you look at these cheap guys, like there, there's not a ton of options that you can feel comfortable with. And St. Brown is, is the type of guy who seems to have a, a realistic floor at this point, And he's, kind of carved out his own role in this offense that um you know back-to-back games with eight targets is is nothing to like shy away from if yep. we're uh, under 4500 you know yep um and a lot of the guys in that range like aren't even playing like you got who else nelson Aguilar, who just hasn't really done anything this year randall Collins, sammy sammy watkins <laughs> yeah sammy watkins uh, is Pascal, yeah. mooney is the other guy in that range that i kind of like but it, I mean, I think you could argue that St. Brown has a, has a higher ceiling um, because of just the team he's on and how that game could easily come into become a garbage game real quick. Um, so I like the call there. Uh, it, before you brought him up, I wasn't really thinking about him much, but it's hard. Like in in that four K range, like everyone's hurt in the 4k range. Yeah, so. and it's 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 either hurt games. or they just don't don't play football really. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> I'd rather play St. Brown than Khalif Raymond from that same team. Yep, you know, yep. I'm, I'm absolutely with you, man. Um, any other uh, wide receivers cheap or, or not that you'd like to talk about before we hit the wide receiver pool and move on to tight end? Uh, the other cheap guy that I was kind of looking at was Rondell Moore. Um, kind of similar, though, where Rouse he doesn't up, seem man. like he has a huge Rouse up. upside. I, um, so just real quick, but like last week was the first week where Rondell Moore um, had a higher route run percentage than Christian Kirk. First time. Yeah. Yeah. So like so something, that, something to know, like thing, things are, things are trending. Max Williams is out. Like not say like he only had like an 11% target share, but like that could lead to more four wide receiver sets. So like things are like slowly trending up for Rondell, but yeah. I'll turn it over to you here. 
yeah, I think if you're playing plays in that game uh, or trying to bring it back off of Kareem Hunt or you're playing a Kyler stack, then I do like Rondell Moore, uh, especially since it seems like Hopkins is always hurt too. And um, like you said, it seems like he Rondell might have taken a step uh, ahead of Kirk recently. Yep. So um, and he had three carries for 38 yards, man. He had three carries for 38 yards last week too. I mean, that some, something to, to the floor. Yep. And he's under 5K. If, if he were to have a game this week that's like six for 80, you might not see him under 5k again. So uh, it's more of like that opportunity. So in, yeah. in the 4ks, I think right now, St. Brown and, and Rondell are probably yeah. and, my favorite. And, and the Browns are a good wide receiver matchup. I mean, they, they've been pretty stingy against running backs and tight ends, but they're, they, they are a, a, a good wide receiver matchup. So I, I do like the Rondell call. I kind of overlooked him, but it's just the upside's there. We, we know he can absolutely, uh, you know, break one loose because he yeah. is that good. Um, Wide receiver pool of uh, five, Lou. Uh, for five, I'll go with Cup, Cooks, Higgins, Pittman, and let's go with St. Brown. Yes, Amon <laughs> Ross, St. Brown, man. All right, tight end. You and I have, um, I, I believe you haven't, uh, at least in your cash lineups. We have not played Travis Kelsey yet um, this season. And we, we have 100% faded Kelsey for cash lineups through five weeks. I believe week six is when that stops for me. 7K with a Tyreek uh, injury. I mean, we, not, not to, to beat a dead horse. We've talked about, like, the Chiefs need to win. The Chiefs always passing. The Chiefs passing neutral game scripts. The Washington football team being terrible against the pass. And then there's Kelsey sitting there at 7K with Tyreek Hill possibly missing this game. It's like, Jesus Christ, like, you're, you're like with, with Kareem Hunt and Lamar Jackson, you're building your lineup around Kelsey. That's at least how I feel. Your thoughts? Yeah, I think um, the reason I'm not going to end up paying up for Devante is if I pay up for Kelsey. Um, and there, like you said, there haven't been many weeks that I've felt the need to or really been able to with salary. But with salary this week, I think you can fit him. So uh, my opinion, I'm either going to play Kelsey or Ricky Sills Jones. Uh, there's a $4,000 difference between the two. <laughs> so if I were to go with Sills Jones, that's when I would probably go up to a Kelsey. But um, yeah, because it would be like Higgins to Adams, basically. Um, so that's sort of a TV two. That's interesting. It's like Higgins and Kelsey versus Sills Jones and Adams. And... I don't know. To me, the Kelsey side seems better. Uh, and especially if, if, if Hill's out, then I'm definitely doing it. Um, but I like it. And it's the first time we've seen him at 7K this season. Um, seems like everyone's off the Chiefs so far this year just because they haven't been performing as well. So um, I like Kelsey a lot. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm with you on that. It's it's Kelsey, uh, like you said. It's we like just to get it, to talk about his pricing and how crazy this is. Like, start off the season, eighty three hundred, eighty five hundred, eighty two hundred, eighty one hundred. Last week, jumped down to seventy three. Now he's at seven k, and one of the best matchups he's going to have all year. It's just it seems like a, a pretty obvious move, and it's going to be tough to fade. And then if I'm not going that way, it's it's going to be RSJ. I'm I'm hundred percent with you on that one. He is like the full time tight end. He's not. You know, there's so many tight ends between he's the Logan but, Thomas. Yeah, there's so many tight ends between RSJ and Kelsey who are getting less snaps, 
who are, um, you know, splitting time, who are running less routes, who are honestly like getting less targets in, in another way. I mean, he had nine targets last week. He was a, that yeah. was like he, he he comes in, he is the Logan Thomas. There's no Curtis Samuel, and basically gets nine targets. Yeah, it was five catches, forty one yards. But I mean, like at the end of the day, that's almost tripling his. You're three x in his price at, at five for forty one. So I'm like in a game when they're going to have to throw against a very like I, I'm with you like it, it to me it's Kelsey or Ricky Seals Jones and I'm not even honestly considering any other tight ends at this point. Yeah, yeah, at least not for cash. I think. Yeah, um, for sure. In in tournaments, I do like to find the tight end that, that to go with my quarterback a lot. So if I'm playing Stafford, that's when I would play Higby. Um, it seems like Schultz is the guy there now. Like he's. Um, got I'm three off, straight I'm, weeks of it. I'm off on Schultz, man. I'm absolutely in, off on in Schultz. In general or just like No, no, DK just just this, just this week. So, yeah. The Pats have played pretty great pass defense um, through four weeks. But, you know, again, Davis Mills thing was kind of an anomaly, let's say. So it's tough to gauge. But they've, they've been a lot more susceptible to run. I really just think the Cowboys just just pound Zeke and Pollard most of this game. Probably I'm I'm definitely like tempering expectations for Cowboys pass catchers and in, in, in Dak in this one, but they have been the, like one of the most stingy teams against the tight end this season. The Patriots have been. I mean, they've been absolutely crushing it. Like taking a look at some of these stats here, um, it, I think they're top three in terms of limiting tight ends. I think that I think I, I remember I saw this. So don't quote me on it, but I don't think they've allowed a tight end more than two catches. Yeah, DraftKings um, has them as the best yeah. defense against tight end. Yeah, so it's just like, you know, and, and like if, if they're playing good defense against the tight end and you have C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper and Zeke and Pollard, like if like fine, take it's like, you know, it's like fine, take Schultz out of the game. Like, does it matter? No. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know. Like, I'm not saying Schultz is done. He's dust. Drop him from your fantasy team. It's just in, in DraftKings this week or I'm, I'm just it's it's not under any consideration whatsoever. Yeah, I get that in. I think it's kind of tough with tight ends because they just like the variance is so high, but I think someone that another guy benefits from uh prime time discount, I guess you'd call it is Mark Andrews 5,200. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's um, a good, if, he, if that game him. was last Sunday, he'd be six K. So um, he's a discount. And I mean, it's like him and Kelsey are both discounts to be honest. Like they're both underpriced. Yeah. So, I mean, I could see myself going down to Andrews off of Kelsey. Um, Especially with the Lamar Jackson, man. Right. And we already like Lamar. We already like that game environment. Uh, it seems like Andrews has a decent floor this year. Um, this was oh, the man. first week I get touchdowns. Oh, God. Can I Andrews tell you? Some... Out? No, 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 man. I'm, I'm just like looking at some of these stats in terms of like, if you're, if you're looking at like. For Andrews. Yeah, not Andrews. If you're looking at the, the Ravens and like you know, how many points they've scored, like, from the tight end position, and you stack that up against the Chargers and how many points they're giving up from the tight end position, it is, it's nice. like, it's the most. It's the, it is the best tight end matchup in the entire NFL is right now the Ravens through, through five weeks, the Ravens playing the Chargers, the most juicy matchup for tight ends is going to be um, the, the, the Los Angeles Chargers. So, shit, you, you might have just talked me into something. That. It was going to be tough to get me off Kelsey, but, whew. Yeah, and it depends on, what you're upgrading and the rest of your team. Cause I already talked to you about um, basically the, the team that I was looking at and that difference in salary, $1,800. Um, you know, are you, you're not really doing it to upgrade defense. So it would be to upgrade one of those wide receivers and 
I think I think I would do it if uh, if Mike Williams was out uh, and you I wanted, wanted to, to get Keenan. Up to Keenan. I could upgrade defense and upgrade to Keenan. I think that's uh, a decent play. Uh, but yeah, like you said, like if if Mark Andrews has another game with like five catches, uh, eighty yards, a touchdown or two, um, then he very quickly is going to be in the that. Um, upper or mid six K range. And we talked about it before, but I'm, I mean, I'm not going to touch Waller this week, especially in a game that uh, we don't know what's going to happen after, after the Gruden issues. Yeah, I mean, and, it's just with these other uh, players. We're here. trying to fade Raiders where we can, but that also makes it enticing. Like that, that car stack that I was talking about earlier, mm-hmm. like a car Waller is going to be so low owned this week compared to some other weeks. Because people aren't going to want to do it, and Kelsey's only four hundred more. So, I think Waller is like that's the type of thing that I wouldn't be surprised if Waller was like in the Millie winner. Yep. Yeah. A two v two for you: Kelsey Higgins or McLaurin Andrews. Ooh, that's a tough one. I just looked. I just threw that in myself. Andrews, McLaurin, especially if you want to go to Heineke, and then Higgins or Kelsey. That's a tough one, man. Yeah. So something to think about. Good. Yeah, something, something I don't, to think about. I don't generally play uh, two different cash teams, but um, what I'll do sometimes if if I have something like that with with a two v two is I'll throw the other one into a um, like one of the twelve dollars single entries or something, um, just for if that one ends up being the nuts and I missed out, then I yeah you know, I get something back. Yep, makes sense. Defense, I feel, I feel like at this point, Lou, it's like we do this every week. It's like, should we even bother talking about defense? It's like literally like build your lineup and just see what defense fits. I, I really like, I feel like it's like, it's not even worth worth having. It doesn't look category. great this week though, down low. No, it no, I mean, nothing really looks great because it's like, I'm not paying up for a defense. Like that, that's just not something that ever's coming into my purse. Yeah, like 4,700 for the Rams. Like who who does that in any lineup? Like it's, You're just pissing it's away money. Crazy. You're just pissing away money. Um, I could see you going up to like the Colts. That's thirty five hundred. I don't know if I'd go above that, but um, yeah, I think I I do kind of like the the mid range though this week more than low. Um, the Cowboys are thirty two hundred against Mac Jones. They're on the road, but um, I think they're okay. The Vikings, I think, are in a decent matchup. The Panthers on the other side of that game could be all right. Um, I don't know. Are you just going to go all the way down and take like the Lions? Or, yeah, probably. I, Whatever. I don't know if I would do the Chiefs. I think I'd rather do, do the Lions. Yeah, probably. I mean, I'll, I mean, the Lions have like if you, if you look at the Lions' schedule like lately. I mean, they, they their defense is bad, but for some reason, like. They've been figuring things out, like in a way where they're not like allowing teams. Like it's, I don't know if it's like ten break too. Yeah, but it's like listen, listen, they they limited the Ravens to nineteen, the Bears to twenty four, the Vikings to nineteen. Like, yeah, sure. Like, yeah, Lions throw them in there. Like, I'm fine with it. Or Cardinals. Cardinals are twenty seven hundred, oh, so they're yeah, it, they're pretty decent. And I mean, Chubb's out. Like, you know that that's it's, one it's, injury it's, off the team, and and. And and, and, and on the the flip side of this, the Cardinals at 2,700. I don't know if you just saw this, but Cliff Kingsbury is COVID positive, like hoping he's okay, but they're, they're without their head coach in the game. Like, you know, take that for what it is. Like it's probably gonna be a high scoring game. It's probably foolish, but you never know. Um, Anyways, done with the defenses, final thoughts, week six, Lou. Yeah, I think this is more of a news week. 
where people are going to be reactionary because we got news early. Um, and that's going to be good for GPP players who they know people are going to want to play Kareem Hunt. They're going to want to play Herbert. Um, and so that's going to really open the door for a lot of fun GPP lineups where you don't play those guys. Um, but also pay attention if there's going to be more injuries. And it seems like we're we're seeing more COVID uh, positives recently. So like you said, with like Cliff Kingsbury or the Damien news today. So um, we're getting to that point in the year where news matters and news happens more often. So um, definitely pay attention to that. But uh, I'm excited for this week after talking through it with you here with uh, there's a lot of different options that we can go. Yeah, for sure. I mean, this is, I mean, you, you and I were doing this before we had even like any, any audience or a podcast whatsoever. We would literally just sit here and talk about our DFS lineups. Mm-hmm. It's probably the best way to kind of sift through your thoughts and figure out what is best. But that's all we have for today. For Lou, make sure you follow Lou at Lou Dog Sports and myself, Tyler, at FF Tyler o. That's all we have today, folks. Don't forget, tell somebody you love them. Later. When we add up all those inches, that's going to make the fucking difference between winning and losing. We won a game yesterday. And if we win one today, that's two in a row. We win one tomorrow, that's called a winning streak.